0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four volume, over 2,500 page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. Today is day number 80. We are reading from Book 2, Chapter 18, 702 to 712. And to discuss today's reading, visit Facebook and the group Mystical City of God in a Year podcast to interact with other readers and listeners. 7.02. These contumelies and many other accusations the most prudent virgin bore without disturbance and with equable humility. She answered, My friends and my mistresses, you are right, no doubt, in saying that I am the least and the most imperfect among you. But then you, my sisters, being better informed, must pardon me, my faults, and must teach me in my ignorance. Direct me, therefore, that I may succeed in doing better and act according to your pleasure. I beseech you, my friends, not to deny me your goodwill, which, though I am so imperfect, I sincerely wish to merit. For I love you and reverence you as a servant, and I will obey you in all things in which you desire to make a trial of my goodwill. Command me, then, and tell me what you wish of me. Seven o three. These humble and sweet reasonings of the most humble Mary did not soften the hardened hearts of her associates and companions, for they were infected by the poisonous fury of the dragon against her. Precisely on account of her sweet humility he became so much the more infuriated, and thus turned this sweet anecdote against the poisonous bite into a means of inflaming them with open wrath against her, who was the great sign in heaven. Apocalypse 12.15 For many days this persecution continued, during which the heavenly lady sought in vain to appease the hate of her companions by her humility, patience, modesty, and tolerance. On the contrary, the demon was emboldened to inspire them, with many thoughts full of temerity, urging them to lay violent hands on the most humble lamb and maltreat her, even so far as to take away her life. But the Lord did not permit the execution of such sacrilegious suggestions, and the farthest which they were allowed to proceed was to insult her by words or to inflict some blows. This quarrelling remained concealed from the teacher of the maidens and from the priests, and during this time Most Holy Mary gained incomparable merits in the sight of the Almighty. She took occasion to exercise all the virtues as well regarded to God as also in regard to the creatures which were persecuting and hating her. She performed heroic acts of charity and humility, yielding good for evil, blessings for curses, prayers for blasphemies, 1 Corinthians 4.13. Fulfilling in all things the most perfect and the highest requirements of the divine law. Before the Lord she exercised the most exalted virtues by praying for his creatures who were persecuting her. And she excited the admiration of the angels by humiliating herself as if she were the vilest of mortals deservedly treated in that way. In all these things she surpassed the conception of men and the highest merits of the seraphim. 704 It happened one day that, impelled by the diabolical suggestions, these girls brought Mary to a retired room, where they could act with more safety. Here they began to heap unmeasured injuries and insults upon her, in order to excite her to weakness or anger, and to entrap her in imperturbable modesty into some hasty action. But as the queen of virtues could not even for a moment be subject to vice, she showed herself immovable, and she answered them with great kindness and sweetness. Being enraged beyond bounds on account of not succeeding in their purpose, her companions raised their voices in discordant strife, so that they were heard in the temple, and by such unwanted noise caused great astonishment and confusion. The priests and the teacher hastened to the place Whence the noise proceeded, and the Lord permitted a new humiliation of his spouse. For they asked with severity, What was the cause of this strife? While the most meek dove remained silent, the other maidens angrily answered and said, Mary of Nazareth, bring us all into strife and quarreling by her horrid conduct. For in your absence she irritates and provokes us in such a manner, that if she does not leave the temple... It will be impossible to keep any peace with her. When we allow her her own way, she becomes overbearing. If we reprehend her, she makes fun of all of us by prostrating herself at our feet with feigned humility, and afterwards she quarrels anew and throws all into uproar. 705 The priests and the instructress brought the mistress of the world into another room, and there they severely reprehended her, giving full credit at that time to all the accusations of her companions. And having exhorted her to reform and behave as one living in the house of God, they threatened to expel her from this temple if she would not mend her conduct. This threat was the most severe punishment they could have given her, even if she had been guilty, so much the more severe was it when she was altogether innocent of any of the faults imputed to her. Whoever will obtain from the Lord some understanding of a part only of the profound humility of the Most Holy Mary will also understand somewhat of the effects of these mysteries in her most innocent heart. For she judged herself to be the most vile of the woman born, the most unworthy to live amongst them, and to burden the earth with her presence. This threat cruelly lacerated the heart of the most prudent virgin, and in tears she answered and said to the priest, My masters, I acknowledge the favor which you do in correcting and teaching me, the most perfect and despicable of creatures, but I beseech you, pardon me, you who are the servants of the most high, and overlooking my defects, direct me in all things, so that I may reform and from now on give pleasure to his majesty and to my sisters and companions. With the grace of the Lord I will resolve this anew, and will commence from today. 7.06 Our Queen added other words full of sweetest innocence and modesty, and therewith the instructress and the priests dismissed her, enjoining anew upon her that doctrine of which she herself was the most wise teacher. Immediately she betook herself to her companions and prostrating herself at their feet. She asked them pardon, as if the faults with which they had charged her could ever have been shared by the mother of all the innocents. They received her this time with more goodwill, because they thought that her tears were the effect of the punishment and the warning of the priests and the instructress, whom they had induced to act thus in pursuance of their badly governed passions." The dragon, who was secretly contriving this entanglement, urged the incautious hearts of all these girls to still greater haughtiness and presumption, and as they had now made headway in the estimation of the priests themselves, they proceeded to greater audacity in discrediting and lowering the good name of the most pure virgin." Accordingly, by instigation of the devil, they fabricated new accusations and lies. But the Most High never permitted them to say anything very grave and dishonorable of her, whom he had chosen as the most holy mother of his only begotten. He merely allowed the indignation and deceit of the maidens to go so far as to exaggerate very much some small faults which were even in themselves altogether fictitious, but which they accused her of. Moreover, they were permitted to practice many feminine intrigues, to which their own restlessness drove them. In these different ways, and in the reprehensions of her instructress and of the priests, our most humble Lady Mary found many occasions of exercising virtues, of increasing the gifts of the Most High, and of exalting her merit. 707. In all this, our queen acted with the plenitude of perfection in the eyes of the Lord, who regaled himself with the sweetest odor of the humble spikenard. Canticle 118. Maltreated and despised by the creatures who did not know her, she repeated and continued her clamors and her sighs, on account of the absence of her beloved. And on one of these occasions she said, My highest good and Lord of infinite mercies, if thou who art my Lord and my Maker hast forsaken me, it is not strange that all the creatures abhor me and rise up against me. All this, my ingratitude to thy benefits, well merits, nevertheless, I will acknowledge and confess thee as my refuge and my treasure. Thou alone art my God, my beloved, and my rest. If then thou art this to me, how can my afflicted heart come to rest? The creatures do only that with me, which they should, but they do not go so far in this as I merit, because thou, O my Lord and Father, in punishing art so sparing, and in rewarding art so generous. Discount, O Lord, my negligence by my sorrow of having lost Thy interior presence, and pay back with a liberal hand the benefits, blessings, which Thy creatures gain from me, in forcing me to acknowledge Thy goodness and my meanness. Raise, O Lord, the needy one from the dust of the earth, 1 Kings 2.8, and renew her who is poor and the most abject of the creatures, and then may I see Thy divine face and be saved. Psalm seventy nine five seven o oh, eight It would not be possible nor is it necessary to relate all that happened to our queen in the test of her virtues, but leaving her at present therein and considering her behaviour, we'll have in her a living example, teaching us to bear with exultation all the troubles, pains, and strifes which are so necessary in order of mortification. There was no sin, nor any deceit in our most innocent dove, yet in humble silence and patience she suffered ungrounded hate and persecution. Let us then be confounded in her presence, that we should deem slight injuries irreparable offenses, which must be avenged, whereas all offenses of whatever kind are to be held by the slight by those who have God for their enemy." The Most High was mighty to preserve her from all persecution, but then he could not have shown his power in leading her out of it unharmed, nor would he have given her such dear pledges of his love, nor would she have reaped the sweet fruit of loving her enemies and her persecutors. We make ourselves unworthy of such great blessing in raising an outcry against creatures whenever we are injured, and our proud heart rises up against God himself, who arranges all things, for it refuses to subject itself to its creator and justifier, who knows what is necessary for our salvation. Instruction of the Queen of Heaven, Most Blessed Mary, 709. Take notice, then, my daughter, that the example of these events in my life should serve thee for thy instruction and direction. Treasure up this example lovingly in thy bosom, and allow it to dilate thy heart, so as to receive with joy the persecutions and calumnies of the creatures, whenever thou art made partaker of such happiness. The sons of perdition who serve vanity are ignorant of the treasure of suffering injuries, and of pardoning them, and they make a boast of vengeance, which even according to the requirements of the natural reason— is reprehensible and arises from a heart brutal and beastly rather than from a human. On the other hand, he who pardons injuries magnanimously and forgets them, although he may not have divine faith nor the light of the gospel, becomes noble and excellent and does not pay vile tribute to the fierce and irrational brutality of revenge. 7.10. And if the vice of revenge is so contrary even to the dictates of nature, Consider, my daughter, how much it is opposed to grace, and how hateful and abominable the vengeful are in the eyes of thy most holy Son, who made himself man, suffered and died for no other purpose than to forgive and to obtain the pardon of the Almighty for the injuries committed by the human race. Against this tendency of this whole life, and against his whole nature and infinite bounty, vengeance is arrayed. As far as in him lies, the vindictive man destroys entirely, as well, God himself, as all his works. And for this attempt, he well merits that God should destroy him with all his merit, between the person who pardons and suffers injuries, and the vindictive. There is the same difference as between the one and only heir and the deadly enemy." This one provokes all the wrath of God, and the other merits, and obtains all blessings, because in this virtue he exhibits a most perfect image of the Celestial Father. 7.11 I wish, therefore, O soul, to understand that to suffer injuries with equanimity and to pardon them entirely for the Lord will be more acceptable in his eyes than if thou chose of thy own will to do the most severe penance and shed thy own blood for him. Humble thyself before those who persecute thee, love them, and pray for them from thy true heart. Thereby thou shalt turn toward thee in love of the heart of thy God, and rise to the perfection of holiness, and thou shalt overcome hell in all things. That great dragon who persecutes all men was confounded many times by my humility and meekness, and his fury could not tolerate the sight of these virtues. From them he fled more swiftly than the sun's rays. I gained great victories for my soul and won glorious triumphs for the exaltation of the divinity. When any creature rose up against me, I conceived no anger toward it, for I knew in reality it was an instrument of the Most High, directed by His providence for the special good. This knowledge and the consideration that it was a creature of my Lord capable of grace excited me to love it truly with a greater fervor and I did not rest until I could reward this benefit of persecution by obtaining for eternal life as far as was possible. 7.12 Strive after, therefore, any labor for the imitation of that which thou hast understood and written. Show thyself most meek, peaceful, and agreeable toward those who molest thee, Esteem them truly in thy heart, and do not take vengeance of thy Lord by taking vengeance on his instruments, nor despise the inestimable jewel of injuries, as far as lies in thee always give good for evil. Romans 12.14 Benefits for injuries, love for hate, praise for blame, blessings for malediction. Then wilt thou be a perfect daughter of thy father. Matthew 5.43 The beloved spouse of thy Lord, my friend and my most cherished daughter. This concludes our reading today, day number 80, in which we read from book two, chapter 18, paragraphs 702 to 712. We continue to hear today in our reading these charges that these other women, these other young girls in the temple are bringing against Mary. And what we see in these charges is their jealousy about her. Because she has the highest degree of perfection of virtue and because they fall short of it when she expresses her humility or when she expresses whatever it is, they become troubled by it. And so they act out against her and they bring these charges against her. And I thought this was a very uh, interesting line in our reading today. This threat was the most severe punishment which they could have given her, even if she had been guilty. So much the more severe was it when she was altogether innocent of any of the faults imputed to her. And so, how does Mary respond to these accusations against her? She responds with patience, she responds with tolerance, she responds with perseverance. She responds with great love and charity toward her neighbor. She even begs their forgiveness, even though she is not guilty of what it is that they have brought against her. Mary shows herself to be the better person in this situation. But I think what we can look at in our own life is that sometimes when we attack another person, we must ask, why is it do we do that? Or when I don't like another person, well, why don't I like them? Is it because I see a fault in them that I see in myself? Is it because I see how they live their life and I am envious or jealous of the fact that I don't live my life in that way? And so I become discouraged. And so I lash out. I try to bring them lower so that I may be exalted. And then also we can ask the other question, well, what happens when these things happen to me? How do I respond? And so the teaching of the Blessed Mother is one that we take away, that we respond like Mary that we respond with patience, that we pray for our enemies, that we do good to those who persecute us. This is the gospel, and we are given an opportunity then to live it. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.